Creatures of the Night! Welcome to Talking Taker, episode 139 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio, I am one of your co-hosts, one of your Creatures of the Night, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, he is so much more than a one-night stand, Mr. Travis White. <laughs> Travis, I cannot believe it, man. We're, we're finally here. This journey that we've been on for two years and eight months, two years and nine months, man. It's just flown by, and we did it. We finally reached the final match of The Undertaker's career because, unfortunately, here we're at one-night stand, Extreme Rules 2008, and uh, spoiler alert, we're going to get to it, but he does lose to Edge, and he has to leave SmackDown forever after this, Travis. I, you know, I have we haven't watched this stuff before, so right. I, I just have to assume that, of course, like with all wrestling stipulations, this one is going to pan out exactly as they say. Yeah, it's very interesting. I wonder what's going to happen after this. Um, oh, we're done. Yeah. This is our last episode. Oh, this is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to be done, I guess, but... um. Well, eventually we'll come back and cover a Boneyard match. Maybe that's an honor to ask Mark Calloway. We'll have to do... Uh, I'm sorry? What's that? Uh, uh, Marking Mark. We'll do a Marking Mark podcast, and we'll talk about Mark Calloway's match in oh. Boneyard. Wait, he's he has a match this year at WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah, he did. 12 yeah. years after this? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> it's All like right. a Terry Funk retirement match. <laughs> Fool me yeah. once. Shame on yeah. you, WWE. Uh, yeah, but... But here we are, man. It, it, it is, obviously, it's not The Undertaker's last match. Uh, we got 12 more years worth of matches to get through This is his last match that week. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but it is his first ever... Last match. Tables, ladders, <laughs> oh. and chairs match, if you can believe that, folks. What, are, what have we come to after 139 episodes? Tables, ladders, and chairs? Oh, my. We have seen so much. We've seen all kinds of matches. We've seen. We saw our first elimination chamber here recently. Um, but yeah, now we're getting to TLC, which this match is almost eight years old at this point, and it's crazy. He'd never been into one uh, until then. Has he been in one since? No. Or is this is OTOTO, man. One time, one time only, right That's here. That's it. That's it. Sweet. Well, here you go. This is a good one. If you're going to be in one, this is a good one to be in. Well, it just goes to show you the. The legacy of The Undertaker, the evolution of The Undertaker, the staying power of The Undertaker, that 18 years into his career, he's going to compete in this wild, crazy match that, you know, in 1990, a type of match like this would be unthinkable. Oh, golly, yeah. The type of spots and bumps that mm. The Undertaker's going to take would be unthinkable back mm. in those days. And yet, even as we say that, talking <clears throat> about this match from 2008... We will later on today talk about his match from 2020. And yeah. <laughs> as we're recording this currently, it hasn't happened, but we'll uh, splice in our comments about it. I'm sure it will be. It's definitely certainly going to be unique uh, here at WrestleMania uh, 2020. 
We are literally just five minutes after having our minds melted, our faces burned off, blown off, our butts blown away by the main event of night <laughs> one of WrestleMania 36, the Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. Wow, dude. I, you know, Twitter is blowing up. It might be the most divisive match of The Undertaker's career, but... I don't know, man. What's just your immediate thoughts? You got to get off your chest about this. I feel like I just got chokes coming off of a roof and threw a, a bunch of pallets. That that was insane. That was amazing. It was uh, cinematic. It was hilarious at the same time. It was great. It was what we talk about on our show. That was sports entertainment at its finest mm. right there. That was like Lucha Underground plus Ultimate Deletion, plus 1992 and 1993 all over again. It was, that was epic, man. That it was epic. truly was. And, you know, I was thinking as I was watching it, uh, you know, part of me wishes the whole night of WrestleMania could have been like that, just kind of off the walls, out of the arena, doing these cinematic spectacles. But yeah, Like you said, backstage assault stuff. WWE backstage assault style. But I think part of the reason why this works so well it's because it's The Undertaker, man. It's because it's 30 yeah. years of building up his character to do stuff mm -hmm. like popping up out of the grave behind <laughs> AJ, shooting off flames out behind him. Like we, We've had that built up for 30 years so we can suspend our disbelief enough to where yes. that becomes just one of the most entertaining pieces of business that I've ever seen. Yeah, if that would have been um... – Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins doing that it would have been ridiculous and they don't have the equity built up for that ridiculousness so yeah it made sense it was awesome dude the, the Stone Mountain electric uh, XT symbol at the end like, with the lasers are you kidding me uh, and, and talk about man Kevin Owens had a wonderful spectacle uh, um, Wrestlemania moment but yeah. dude uh, Gallows and Anderson had their WrestleMania moments tonight. Dude, that was insane. They were a part of that. It was great. Uh, all the druids kicking down the doors and coming out. It was just, man, it felt like an 80s movie at that point. Like, he's just standing around beating up the bad guys. Yes, <laughs> so it felt like Stallone, Schwarzenegger, <laughs> yes. all of that same family. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, credit to AJ Styles, <laughs> too. Like, I feel like yeah. AJ held his own uh, in the whole oh, yeah. performance aspect of it. Um, I, I felt like he he lived up to the other half of that match as well. Oh yeah, he's. I mean, it's cliche, but he's phenomenal. At, he's the best guy in in ring they have, and he's also the best at this type of stuff too. Like this was awesome. He was a perfect guy for this. Again, this wouldn't have worked if it was Elias or mm. even Cena or someone like that. You know, it would have been his. I don't know, man. Like uh, AJ is the guy to do it with, and he got to main event WrestleMania. I'll say what you will. It's two nights, but which match went on? This one, yeah, main event night one. Still counts as a main event. So AJ got the main event. Taker got the main event again. Ninety-seven, oh eight, two thousand twenty. That is insane. Nobody's got a record like that. Yeah, twenty seventeen too. Had the uh, twenty seventeen, twenty. Oh golly, yes, twenty six. Which over that twenty two thousand eleven or two thousand ten with uh, Shawn Michaels. So like so many different years, so many different matches. Main event. Well, that wasn't. Well, that wasn't the last match, was it? The second time it was. I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It has been like five or six times he's been invented. You're right. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. But Absolutely again, crazy. from 97, his first one to 2020, 23 years in between, that's nobody's done that or going to do that again. So.
and to have maybe the most unique match of his career 30 years into it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Wild. Yeah. Yeah, we've been through all kind of ridiculous matches and all kind of ridiculous stuff, but you're right, man. Like the most wild, zany, crazy, off-the-walls one. But it made sense. It was was, was this WrestleMania. Yeah. How crazy is that? And uh, thankfully... We got Metallica over Kid Rock and Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but I was very grateful no. for it in the long run. His outfit was awesome. Oh God, it was yes, great. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. You can't blame Sarah. His... Hashtag blame Sarah oh, for no. that one. <laughs> no, no, no. I love he put on his bandana at the end, yes. and we'll break it down later on episode six hundred and forty or whatever. Whenever we get there, right. but you know, but it was just superb, man. It was great. I, A little I, nuances again. You know, we've had. We've got WWE films now. Like I feel like we've missed The Undertaker's Calling as an action movie hero. Man, it's like it's not too late though. Like, but that was the no. action movie I've been waiting for all these years. <laughs> yeah, and everybody else went, uh, turned it back on WWE when Hollywood, and he didn't. But now, like, he has every. I mean, he has every uh, leg to stand on like, if he wants to. <laughs> that Undertaker crossing over with Jacob Goodnight from See No Evil. That's a that's the movie I want to see. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd love to see that crossover. They exist in the same universe, you think? And they could. Uh, Why not? Twisted Pictures universe or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know who the producer was of that. But anyway, but whoever produced this was great. I don't know if it was Pritchard or Borash or whoever, but they did an excellent job, man. So And, uh, man, that's going to be hard to follow up. <laughs> it will be. Hard to follow up. I don't know how they're going to do it, but uh... – just overall, just uh, quick, uh, what were your thoughts on this night one of a crowdless WrestleMania? Uh, I texted you earlier and said, you know, I've seen a lot of people being negative about it and everything. It's because it's weird. It is awkward. It is weird. But I'm a glass half full type of guy. These guys and gals gave it their all tonight. I felt like they wrestled like there was 80,000 people there in Raymond James Stadium. And I thought they did a good job. Um, it's definitely one I'll never forget. And I will... The reason I'll never forget it, aside from everything else, is because of the main event that we just saw was insane. So, how about you? Yeah, I, I, you know, I enjoyed myself. I was not looking forward to this necessarily, but you know, as the week went on, and you know, there's just such a lack of of entertainment options. Other stuff, yeah. As far as sports goes, you know, there's a million movies sure. and TV shows and stuff, but uh, it was nice to have a little something, something. And uh, again, yeah, uh, not the greatest situation at all, but I thought no. all the performers, uh, you know, pr- like you said, treated it like it was the real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought both the women's matches were really fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, nothing was terrible aside from maybe Braun and Goldberg, but that was just I don't know. Maybe Short and sweet, yeah, is what it was. Just a, that's even the, maybe the weirdest situation out of all of those, but uh, that's yeah. its own story. But uh, uh, let me yeah. read uh, a few quick comments. I asked uh, just for immediate reactions for people. Again, we're we're just like ten minutes past this match, but um, uh, we got. Let's see here. Thomas Allingham the third said that was absolutely incredible. Uh, staring at the lights pod said it was brilliant. Uh, the Luchador podcast said not enough bones. Uh, <laughs> that's true I, don't, I didn't see one uh, Lutang Clan said I'm a boneyard taker guy uh, dude we gotta get that shirt <laughs> might be coming we soon gotta make that shirt um, Philip Goad who we've heard from a lot said it was like inside the ark from Raiders it's beautiful but I think my face melted <laughs> that's a perfect way to put it <laughs> 
Uh, Randy Turco said, loved it, being out of the arena and having some Hollywood editing and effects were exactly what the doctor ordered for Taker. I agree with that, 100%. Oh, yeah. Uh, Through the Table podcast said, early match of the year contender. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wrestling with a Nerd said, damn, that was dope, fire emoji. Uh, Kevin Barty said, a million times better than I expected. Gives me hope we could see Taker versus Sting after all. In that type Ooh. of match. Yeah, I like that. True. Uh, Jeremy Bagley said, I loved it, but I've also been talking to a cat for 25 days. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe a slightly warped opinion. Oh, uh, man. Sardo at Morgue Meat. Love that Twitter handle right there. Ooh. Said, uh, absolutely amazing. Loved everything about this. It was buried a live match, but on location. Uh, mm-hmm. That's definitely what it felt like. Cavante uh, Smalls, man, he he came in and said, still unsure about it. Uh, definitely uh, confused. Appreciated the effort in production, but like I said, you know, there's definitely some people that were not feeling it. Uh, twenty by twenty apparel said, in a normal world, it would have been great. In a quarantine world, it was magical. There you uh, go. That's the perfect description. That's great. Yeah. Right there. It, it, in this world, in this situation where you couldn't have a normal match. I, Honestly, if, if I, I think it worked out even better uh, than a one-on-one match between those guys could have. Oh, this just in. His rest, his Wikipedia page says – AJ Styles' Wikipedia page says he died today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rest in peace to AJ Styles. Dude, dude Taker just swiping the moss off of that and seeing it, it's, it's AJ's – Oh, that was perfect. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Hall of Famer John Layfield says, I don't think I've ever seen a better match slash spectacle than the Boneyard match. Just incredible. That's so. awesome. That's yeah. that shows you right there, uh, <laughs> you know, somebody like that, uh, what that what their opinion is on it. I mean that yeah that that carries a little bit more weight than ours, I think. Want we'll to see what uh, the Godfather said about it? Oh, you know he loved it because <laughs> you know he was high as a kite watching it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Uh, one last thing we, we got to mention. We also saw that preview during WrestleMania tonight for Ooh, yeah. a new limited series on the WWE Network t- titled The Undertaker's Last Ride. Uh, looked like we got a-, a lot of legends opening up and The Undertaker himself opening up about these yeah. final days, uh, quote unquote, of his career. Of course, we thought it's his right. final days for three years. But uh, it looks like he's acknowledging it, opening up in a way we've never seen before. So, dude, I'm stoked for this. Yeah, me too, man. It looks at I texted you immediately when I saw that commercial, and it was like I can't wait for this too. So, something we'll get to talk about too on the on the podcast. And uh, you know, I know you said it a while ago that um, I think you said you'd hope his last match it'd be poetic if it was at Survivor Series this year. You know. 30 years and so maybe this is the you know dipping her toe in her water of getting us ready for the end of <clears throat> the end of an era for real this time so um i could see these two going at it aj and him in a real like actual in-ring match you know uh that'd be fun yeah i could too uh, i'd love to see that to to make it to the actual 30 year mark but uh, yeah if, if he decides to go out on this i won't be mad about it either no or if he just comes back game. every year and, and, and does like five more of these yeah i'm fine with that also <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Boneyards only. Yeah, we'll keep this podcast going, man. <laughs> I'll keep it going if we get these all the time. All day. This is, this is awesome, man. <laughs> We're committed. We're into it's it. It's so good. 
So yeah, it's it's hard to imagine the gray gloved or purple gloved, big tied, you know, dead uh, Western, you know, Undertaker guy in this match. But again, he's evolved, he's changed, and he, he this match makes sense at this point too for the story. I, I really like that. That's one thing we'll probably kind of focus on here because there's not much to talk about. Week uh, there's only two weeks of, of build up, but the story is being told. The Edge and Undertaker story that's being told has been told and will continue to be told is awesome. And it's got lots of twists and turns and stuff that you don't see a lot nowadays. You just see match, 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 match. And uh, so this is really, 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 really cool. I've enjoyed this. I have too. And uh, we were talking on the, or before we came on the air about how on some of these, uh, uh, the, the quarantine episodes of raw or whatever, you've got promos. Yeah. People are, talking to the camera and you've got yes. some real heels developing and things like that. And yeah. You have that here mm-hmm. in 2008 with Edge and Vicky and La Familia. You have some legitimate heat drawing heels, yes. not cool heels at all, uh, which is so refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, uh, and, you know, and we'll try to touch on this again later, but you know, meanwhile on Raw, we're building the Sean Jericho storyline, planted the seeds for WrestleMania or at WrestleMania and after. And then, and I remember about this era, um, you know, about May, you know, at, we'd watch Mania together. We talked about that, but probably about May is when I really came back in full bore into definitely watching Raw as live as possible. You know, I might have recorded it or whatever and watched it later, but I would definitely watch Raw. Um, ECW, maybe read about it. SmackDown, never watched it. Friday night, dude, when you're 22 years old, you're not home on a Friday night. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm saying we're doing something. We're hanging out together, rocking out, or doing something. I'm not, I'm not home on a Friday night watching. Um, but I was reading about it for sure. So I do remember this storyline happening and wondering what's going on. And I do remember, uh, but not seeing this stuff. So this is uh, my first time actually watching it here in, in 2020, which is pretty neat. But again, on the other show, you've got this epic storyline building between Sean and HBK. It's going to go so much bigger. But it's really cool how these both these both these angles kind of carry both shows throughout the rest of the summer and into the fall, which is really neat. And they're long term storytelling too. It's kind of an underrated time, and and maybe yeah. we just think that because we weren't. Uh, you're getting back into it. I, I didn't quite get back into it for a little bit after this, but you know we didn't see a lot of this stuff back in the time, so maybe that's why I think it's underrated. Yeah. But I think a lot of people dropped off after the Benoit stuff mm-hmm, went sure. down. So I think a lot of people, you know, the ratings definitely shot down a bit and uh, kind of petered off. So, uh, but it, it is great to look back at. Definitely underrated. And let's take a look back at it. Let's take this time traveling hearse back to SmackDown. In May of 2008, and we'll pick up after Judgment Day 2008, uh, last week's episode. Of course, we took it way back to the 1993 Royal Rumble, uh, but that... Oh, wait a second. No, no. Nope. Two weeks. No, two weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I said, we're recording these early <laughs> and out of order, but anyway, we did take it back to Judgment Day last week, uh, so we do appreciate you guys listening to that one, and obviously, we leave off with a little bit of a cliffhanger as The Undertaker defeats Edge for the vacant World Heavyweight oh, title. <laughs> sorry. Cliffhanger, dude. It's a great movie. Oh, I thought you were talking about Judgment Day. Terminator 2. Exactly. That too. <laughs> Arnold's not in Cliffhanger. <laughs> he is in my book. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's Last Action Hero. 
<laughs> Cliffhanger is Stallone. The Stallone, other baby. Guy, yeah. <laughs> Another WWE guy. Who's, wasn't he on the, one of the first episodes of SmackDown? Stallone? He was. No, it was uh, Schwarzenegger. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> go. <laughs> Get my oh. 80s. No, well, no, this, uh, no, 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 your 80s stars. <laughs> no. uh, Judgment Day was sponsored by Rambo. I don't know if you remember that. See, maybe that's why. Yeah, that was it. I'm yeah. getting Arnold and Stallone confused. That's it. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about Harrison Ford here in a second. But Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Judgment Day, Edge uh, lost to The Undertaker by disqualification. So Vicky Guerrero came out and said, you can't win the world title by DQ. So it's still held up. And that takes us to here to May two, uh, 23rd, 2008. Like Travis said, we've only got two weeks to build up here. So yeah. this is, you know, I don't think any wrestling fan really liked this time when there was so many pay-per-views and such short buildup between them. Obviously, no wrestling fan's wallet enjoyed that time right. when you had to actually pay 40 or 50 bucks every if you wanted to get every pay-per-view. But it just makes it so hard on storylines, which I think is why this particular storyline stretches out over mm -hmm. five different matches because these pay-per-views are so bundled up mm -hmm. together. But they do a good job of taking that into account and doing the yes. best that they can <clears throat> to turn this into a long-term storyline. So... Uh, Edge rolls Vicky Guerrero out to absolutely nuclear heat <laughs> at the start of this show, man. She has unable to cut her promo, having to start and stop and start and stop as the crowd just gives it to her, dude. It's unbelievable. None of you know what it's like to run a huge television show like this. And you can tell it's not piped in because you can see the fans. Like even though SmackDown State, you can see them booing and care and t talking over and just booing. It is, it's awesome to see. I love it because nobody gets heat like that nowadays. The last time, when's the last time you saw something like this? Some heat like this? I can think of her. <laughs> Roman Reigns after he defeated oh, Taker. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. The next night on Raw. For that sure. was the closest you can. But that's just Roman Reigns heat, too. But, like, that was Taker lost again. We thought he was retired. Mm. That night, they just booed all over him for, like, eight minutes. That's the last time you've seen any kind of heat yep, like right. this, you know? Even the Randy Orton and Edge stuff from this year, Edge was – that's great heat. I love Randy Orton. But, like, fans are chanting one more time for him to RKO Edge, like, not after Royal Rumble. Like, shut up. Like, let's, let's just let him be a heel, you know? But yeah, Vicky is getting amazing heat here. I love it. What do you think it is that brought this and so suddenly over the past few weeks where we've seen it? I mean, and she sustains it throughout you know, the majority of her career. Yeah, I really have no idea. I don't know if it's just because she's playing off Edge and Edge is doing such a good job of that. Or like, or maybe because she lets the booze, maybe because she sells it. She lets the booze stop her and talk over so that the fans realize, oh, we can we can get in on this and we can stop her if we boo louder. So maybe that's why. Maybe her selling it and makes them boo louder, but I don't care. I'm I'm entertained as heck by it. So. Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> 
Well, she's basically going to cut kind of the same promo she's cut before, saying, oh, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. (laughs) Smackdown general manager. She's got a job to do, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And so she is going to finally solve this problem with the vacant World Heavyweight Championship and have Undertaker and Edge settle things at One Night Stand coming up in two weeks. And she explains that at One Night Stand, every match has extreme rules, and this match will be a tables, ladders, and chairs match for the vacant world title, which obviously that's Edge's signature match, and the Undertaker has never competed in one, is going to be rammed in our heads over the next two weeks. Yeah. And then as Edge and Vicky are walking away... Vicky says, oh, and by the way, if The Undertaker should lose this match, this will be the last time you ever see him because he will be banished from the entire WWE. Thank you very much. Like, <laughs> escalated quickly. Yeah. I mean, you think that would come after he put his hands on her again or something, but he just tombstoned Edge at the end of Judgment Day, not her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it got out of hand real fast. <laughs> And uh, things are getting hand, uh, out of hand in the crowd, too, dude. There's a there's a kid in the crowd that hates Vicky so much, he says he wants to put a chokehold on her. Yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of heat. It's a small like, nine-year-old kid with a chokehold on Vicky sign. It's just great. Well, Chavo, Edge, and Vicky La Familia, they're still talking backstage. Still a little tension between them uh, from the events going into Judgment Day uh, where Chavo felt left out of the plans. And Vicky actually books Chavo in a match against Undertaker tonight. And he's not happy about that. And Edge kind of plays some mind games with him. He's like, Tonight I put you in a match one-on-one with The Undertaker. What? what tonight? Right. Just, just, just listen. Maybe he's afraid. What? Maybe you're afraid. Hey, get one thing right. I'm a Guerrero. And I'm not afraid of anyone. No one. Good. Good. And tonight, you're going to have even less reason to be afraid. Because not only are you going to have Bam Neely to back you up, you're going to have Hawkins, Ryder. I'm even going to go out there myself to watch you. You're going to be out there? Yeah. The whole family is going to be out there? Because travel, there is nothing more important than family. Come on, guys. Together. Family. We can do this. So that's going to be the main event tonight. And uh, what was not just fine before this, I don't know if you caught this, Travis, but they're just... There's a match on this episode of SmackDown. I'd like our viewers to go check out if they're fans of Russell. Oh, Crack. I skipped this. <laughs> oh, I, I, I advise you to go check it out. Okay. Man. Deuce, Domino, and Maurice against Jesse, wow. Festus, and Cherry. And wow. again, this whole period of time is not as talked about as much as the Attitude Era. But if it was, this match were to go down there with Jackie Gator, Chris Nowinski, Trish Stratus and Bradshaw levels. Mm. The blown spots, uh, the finish. Maurice kicks Cherry in the face and busts her eye open. It's like, <laughs> it's brutal. Oh, man. And this was a taped show. They could have redone all this. Maybe they did redo this. Maybe this was the best take they had. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> well, because she, whoops, kicked Cherry in the face. Almost well. just, yeah. <laughs> You have a family. I almost accidentally said that. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, she kicked Cherry in the face. That's crazy. I'll have to go back and watch it. Yeah. Uh, That bad, huh? It's pretty brutal, man. Man, I can't wait. I'm going to do that tonight. Uh, Main event is, like I said, Undertaker and Chavo. And, of course, Edge, Hawkins, Ryder, Bam Neely, they're all at ringside. 
And Michael Cole incorrectly says on commentary that Edge has competed in every single TLC match in WWE history, which is close, but of course there's the forgotten TLC match that took place, uh, Raw Roulette TLC 2002, I believe, with, gosh, it was Jericho and Christian, Bubba and Spike, Kane and Hurricane, and RVD, and... Uh, is it Mysterio? I can't remember. No, no, it's not Mysterio. RVD and Jeff Hardy, I think. Jeff Hardy. Yeah, so no edge in that one, but... Well, I just wrote, like, kind of jokingly in my notes, like, wow, like, Edge has not been in every TLC match at this point. I knew he had been in, I knew he hadn't been in at least one. I couldn't remember which one it was, but, yeah, that's, you're right, he wasn't in that one. Because he was in TLC 3 on Raw, right? The one they did, at, like, when Jericho and Benoit were tagged, it was Jericho and Benoit. Yeah, he was in that one. Yeah, he was in that one, but he was not in that one. You're talking about the Raw roulette, so. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of nerdy to point that out, but whatever. That's yeah. what we do here. It's all good. <laughs> And uh, anyway, the main event, it's fine. Uh, Taker uh, is pretty much destroys Chavo, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like a punching bag. He is, yeah. It's like 2003, Undertaker beating up Nunzio. But, of course, La Familia attacks. They get sent to the back, though. And uh, Chavo gets a cheap shot. He takes advantage for a second. But then Chavo leaps off the top rope and Undertaker catches him and flips him over into a tombstone. So it's a really nice finish. Uh, mm-hmm. Really well done there. And Undertaker gets to pose and stand tall uh, before we go into the go-home show already here going into SmackDown next yeah. week. But it's fine. You know, these guys have had a story going for a year plus at this yeah. point. So. You know, we don't need that much more to get us hyped up for it. And it's a freaking right. TLC match, so. It sells itself, yeah. And the, the title is held in abeyance, I guess. So hung up above the, the ring. So, yeah, the next is the go-home show, May 30th, 2008. The go-home show for One Night Stand. It's like, we get a cold open here. His edge is just standing there in front of the camera, and he's just like. Good evening. My name is Edge. Throughout the evening, I'll be presenting a number of moments that chronicle the career of the undertaker the irony of this is that tonight you will see the undertaker for the last time on smackdown as he appears for the first time on my show the cutting edge thank you throughout the night we're going to see edge's highlights uh, that he mentioned we're going to see highlights of taker's debut uh, at Survivor Series, we see highlights from the Hell in a Cell at King of the Ring 98, uh, his Royal Rumble win, uh, defeating Batista last year at WrestleMania, winning the world title. And the last highlight was Edge actually cashing in Money in the Bank uh, a year ago on Taker. So, you know, a little bit of heel, uh, heel, heel moves there. So, um, anyway, and uh, earlier in the night, this doesn't really play in – Kind of that much, but Batista has a promo saying he's going to defeat HBK at one night stand. And he's going to challenge the winner of the TLC match to a title match, whoever it is. So um, his partner is eventually going to be revealed as the Big Show tonight in a tag team match. So that'll kind of play in. Big Show's a babyface here. Somehow he'll switch to a heel in a few months and be feuding with Taker again. But, <laughs> you know, it's the Big Show can switch to heel and face at the drop of a hat. So, you know, he's impeccable. Man. With that. 
How excited are you for the big show show? I can not wait. You and I are going to do something on our Patreon that's fictitious <laughs> called the big show show show. That's it. <laughs> We're going to review episodes of the big show show show. Not oh, really. I might have to tap out after one minute it of looks, that. It looks fuller house bad. Yeah, man. exactly. I can't wait. You it's should be do a train wreck. A, you do a podcast with your kids. I might. They might even tap out too. <laughs> they, it looks real bad, but I can't wait, man. Love me some big show. Did you uh, see the preview for that other kids movie they've got coming out? Main event? No, I haven't seen that preview Ooh, yet. It's on the same level. Is it? Perfect. I'll be definitely watching that as well. So I might watch that with the kids. They might actually watch it. It's got some good uh, good Otis action in the preview. Ooh. So you'll, you'll enjoy <laughs> that. Always down for some good Otis action. <laughs> GOA. Oh, man. Uh, anyway, well. The main event segment is Edge coming out to host the Cutting Edge, and we got, of course, we got a, ta- a table, ladder, and a chair in the ring because with a TLC match, you have to put all the toys, as JBL always calls them, out there for everyone to see. So he says that since he's come to SmackDown a year ago, he's had a, a specter over his head, and it's the Undertaker. Uh, Taker chants from the crowd, they're chanting Taker, Taker, which is really cool to see because it he did, he's not even out there yet; they're just chanting for him. Um, Edge says, you know, that we've battled for that, you know, and he points up as the title is hanging above the ring. And he says, you know, this Sunday, the rules are simple. Um, if Taker loses, he's banished from WWE. And he says, but this isn't one of those stipulations where the Undertaker goes away for four weeks, then comes back on another show after the draft. He's going to be gone from the entire WWE. So a wink and a nod to you, fans at home, just put that in your cap, in your memory bank. Or just forget about that. So yeah. I mean, hint, hint, we're not going away after this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've yeah. got like 50 episodes left. 12 years later, he's still wrestling. <laughs> so, um, But, you know, I do like that they made a point to say that he's not just – he's supposed to be banished from the entire WWE. Because, again, I think the draft is coming up in like three or four weeks. Yeah. Um, and Vincent Mann's really put that over on Raw. He's talked about it and stuff, and everybody's up for grabs, which I think this is the year that JR gets drafted to commentary, doesn't he? Uh, to SmackDown? I think you're is that right. 20, yeah. Is that 2008? Yeah. So this is when Triple H goes to SmackDown, too, I believe, with the title. Right. Um, I think JR goes, too. So, yeah, it was really like a surprise to everyone, like, what's going to happen. So, anyway, I do appreciate that they were trying to at least lay some groundwork here and saying, don't worry, he's not coming back. Um I mean, this they're, quickly. they're not wrong. He does not come back in the draft, so. That is true. But he does not. Kind of right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Edge is saying he's confident because of his experience, and he's been, you know, he's been playing clips all night, but now he's got some highlights of his own and from Tager's history in TLC matches. He kind of waits there. And he waits there. And he's like. It's got to be something wrong. Are we having technical difficulties? I, I know we had the Undertaker's TLC highlights all, all set. Wait a minute. Silly me. The Undertaker has never been in a TLC match. But I know someone who has. Which I just, <laughs> it's just such a smart alecky heel thing. I love yeah, it. It was perfect. 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 Yeah. So Edge is like, you know, not only have I competed in TLC, I set the standard, you know, and I submitted my legacy as a TLC performer. So then he's going to play this highlight video. Which I was at the time of watching it, it was like it's all Indiana Jones like low like a uh, font and very Indiana Jones ish, and I was like, but it basically just highlights Edge's 
uh, participation in TLC matches over the years and the ones that he's won and the ones that he's participated in in his big spots, like the the uh, spear for Jeff, to Jeff Hardy at WrestleMania X7. And so, um, but I come to find out, I had to Google it. I was like, did Indiana Jones 4 come out at this point? And yes, it did come out like uh, <laughs> eight days before this episode of SmackDown. So that's why that there was the Indiana Jones flair. Little do they know, Smooth's going to be a giant turd. <laughs> <laughs> Good call, man. I, would, I noticed the Indiana Jones font too, and I didn't even, I forgot about that movie until you just mentioned that. Like I blocked that particular movie out of my brain, but <laughs> I was really excited for that movie in Me 2008. Too. Man, what was, a letdown! Yeah, I was. Uh, I was even into the concept of the aliens until I really thought about it, and I was like, "No, that's stupid." And the fact that he survived an atomic blast in a refrigerator <laughs> is really stupid. <laughs> I'm all about some dead man coming out of a casket and disappearing in the thin air, but you give me a Harrison Ford in a in a refrigerator that's impervious to atom bombs, um, I draw a line somewhere. <laughs> so, but <laughs> anyway, Taker's going to come out, uh, and he actually, he does have his hat on, no jacket on. Oh, no. He's ready to go, man. Business he's, time. Yeah, he's not walking slow either. He's making it out there like he's had a, you know, just ready to get to the uh, buffet like Paul Bear used to be. <laughs> He's getting out there real quick. He and uh, gets in the ring, and Michael Cole says that since SmackDown debuted nine years ago, there's been one guy there the whole time, The Undertaker. Which again, nerdy for me, but I had to point out like I guess Cole forgot in 2002 he was literally the first draft pick for Raw. <laughs> Ric Flair's first draft pick was The Undertaker. Touche. Touche. And he lasted there for you know several months before he went over to SmackDown to feud with Brock, but still. Literally the first draft pick. He was not on SmackDown for months. So, but you know, uh, it is what it is. But and now at this point, the, the ladder's in the middle of him, and Edge is kind of circling the ladder uh, and keeping it in between him and him and Taker. Um, and he says the Undertaker might be uncomfortable with all these tables and ladders and chairs. So, you know, he says, "I got you something that you're a little more familiar with." Uh, not so uncomfortable and he kind of motions to the back and a lot of familiar come out and they're wheeling out a casket um so i appreciate them bringing this you know undertaker's you know part of his uh his game here in, into the story here so they bring a casket out wheel it to the to edge of the of the uh, ramp here and before they get there taker just goes to get edge and he bails out of the ring and taker just goes to eat beat up la familia and they kind of just <laughs> Start beating up him anyway, because you know the numbers game is gonna gonna definitely take over. But I appreciate that he's like, I'm not waiting on your stupid games. I'm just gonna come after you. So it was really cool to see. He's yeah. definitely on the offense here. You could tell from the second he walked out with no hat and stuff, he was definitely on the offensive here. So I like that. Well, they're brawling on the outside, and Edge is crouching on the other side of the ring with a steel chair in his hand. And Taker goes to choke slam Chavo on the casket, and Edge just cracks him right across the back with a chair, and then hits him. <sighs> In the head, which is going to be a story of this match we're about to cover. There's yeah, the chair man. shots to the head, the unprotected chair shots to the head. You know, um, I, I watched that Benoit Dark Side of the Ring documentary. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they talk I about I made it about, about two minutes into it. I had to turn it off. I oh, couldn't really? do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I couldn't yeah. do it. I understand. Uh, but they, they talk about a lot about the headshots and stuff, mm -hmm. chair shots to the head. 
And I then I was watching this stuff, and this is like a year after Ben Watt. Yeah, I, I, I thought they got rid of the headshots. Me too. Sooner than this, but they're thought all they about it, the, man. Yeah, this is that's the story this match we're about to cover. So, yeah, I thought it was weird too. Just so you know, not even a year after Ben Watt. So, um, but anyway, yeah, he cracks him in the head, and their their you know, numbers game takes over. They're beating him up and. They roll him in the ring and roll the casket to the apron at this point, and Edge hits him in the head again, and he and Chavo roll Taker into the casket. Hawkins and Ryder get on top of the casket as if he can't push it open, and uh, Edge is uh, starts yelling at Taker, you know, get used to that because after this Sunday, your career is dead. And he climbs a ladder and looks up to, uh, to reach up to the title, and the gong hits, and the lights go out. And they come back on, and Taker is... On top of the ladder, right across from Edge, and a really cool visual. I really like that. Yes, so, me too. Really, really neat. And Edge's facials here are just great. He's just overselling the, you know, the drama here of like, you know, it's frightened that Taker's there, and he uh, Taker throws Edge off the ladder onto Bam Neely and Chavo, and uh, he throws Hawkins out, boots Ryder, goozles Edge. Ryder comes in and attacks him. Edge slides out the ring. So Edge is like. Forget it. I'll just take Ryder. He gives Zack Ryder a last ride through the table, <laughs> Ugh, which is uh, a nasty looking spot. So, but you know, Zack Ryder was loving it. So, oh yeah, yeah. He's like, dude, Undertaker just put me to a table. I'm on cloud nine. So, Edge and Taker kind of stare off as the titles hang in there, and they and Taker poses as the show ends. So that's how we how we finish this uh, going into one night stand. We again. Like Taker's standing tall here, but he still didn't get his hands on Edge, so that's you know still hadn't gotten his hands on him, which is kind of cool. Exactly, and yeah, you know, like like I said, these two week builds and quick finish or quick, you know, pay per view to pay per view to pay per view. I hate that stuff. I think most wrestling fans do, but they've done a great job of making you care about this story and, and doing cramming a lot into two weeks like mm-hmm. that was that was that whole segment was fantastic it was really yeah. long but uh, they got you everything you needed to get to get you excited for this one night stand extreme rules 2008 june 1st 2008 from the san diego sports arena in san diego california this will be the last pay-per-view to have that one night stand acronym yeah. they'll become extreme rules uh, officially the next year they kind of slide that subtitle in this year right and uh, you said you were watching during this time. I hadn't quite resumed really watching it, but I do remember reading about this and yeah, just thinking how crazy it was that The Undertaker was going to be in a freaking TLC match. We talked about that at the beginning of the show, but just, I don't know, man. It, it was. I'd love to hear what our listeners thought who were watching it back then, if they were just as flabbergasted about that. I thought that was so you know, out of this world. Oh, yeah. It's just like you would never have thought that he would be in that. Well, even like his first ladder match with Jeff Hardy, that was like surreal to see him in a ladder match. Even though he was like the more realistic American B.A. Big Eagle character, it was still surreal to see a guy his size in a ladder match. So then see him now in a TLC match. But again, they have Edge and Ric Flair was in a TLC match one time too. So it's like... And that was a great match. It was, so, yeah. You know, you can put these these older guys that don't seem like they're going to be in there, and as long as they're in there with somebody who can make them look good and bump around, they're, it's going to be a good match. So, Well, to, speaking of bumps, uh, well, <laughs> I'll, yeah. let, I'll let you talk about the intro to the show first. Oh, 
There's a time for rules, a time for moderation, a time for restraint. Tonight is not that night. That is the biggest Vince McMahonism thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I was just like, oh my word, like how cheesy is that? I mean, it's such a Vince thing, man. You know, he loved that, dude. It's, it's like, like his life <laughs> motto right there. Oh, yeah. Well, tonight is not that night. It's just, man. But the, 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 mainly all the main Raw matches are highlighted, but then Taker and Edge is really the only SmackDown match that means anything uh, going in there. So, but they are going to be our main event here tonight, which is really cool. So, it is once in the again, main event spot, and it follows this Randy Orton Triple H. Uh, I think it's, I think it's Last, well, man, Last standing, man Standing, I believe. Yeah. And I caught the end of it. I just mm-hmm. jumped to that chapter, dude. It ends abruptly, like sort of a shoot, because Orton takes this horrifying bump and mm-hmm. legitimately breaks his collarbone. Did you see it? Yeah, he, it was terrible. I don't even know what they're going for. I don't know what was uh, supposed to happen. He just flat backs over the top rope and lands on his shoulder. Oh, on the, man. On the, he's such a big guy to do that bump. That's not a good move. I don't know what the point of that was. I don't know what they were thinking. Like, it's no. Obviously, he broke his collarbone. Yeah. <laughs> It's like super obvious. And like he had just a, not even a year before this is when he and, uh, you know, he and Sarcina had broken his bicep or tore his bicep or whatever. And around this, I guess it was around what, September of that year. And I just feel like there's main, these, these main event guys are getting injured and it's causing the changes to the story over on raw so much, you know? Yeah. There was a lot of that going on at the time for sure. Um, thankfully, Undertaker's still here uh, to carry things on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But we saw that last year with Undertaker and Edge and them getting injured a lot yeah. during that storyline, too. That's why it's lasted so long. But mm-hmm. they're good and healthy here, at least before the match starts. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're going to take a few bump skis here as it goes along. Uh, we get, of course, video package highlighting the past few weeks. Again, the world title is vacant, so the winner becomes world champion, and if Undertaker lose, he is gone forever. Uh, you've got Cole and Foley on commentary, tables, ladders, and chairs all around ringside, the vacant world title hanging above the ring, and I loved the set for this show with all the construction equipment, man. What'd you think about it? It reminded me of my back porch where my kids have all their construction, like, <laughs> toys and stuff that was like big tonka trucks and stuff but yeah yes. i did like it it was really cool that's perfect i really enjoyed it it's something that uh i don't know i just it took me back to was that um i don't know i thought like if, if austin was here he'd use one of those cranes for Dude. something or something you know like yes. that's what i thought about yeah like, over the edge 98 yeah they had all the old uh, cars mm-hmm. and you know, yeah out there yeah yeah it was it was neat though um Man, speaking of Michael Cole, this has nothing to do with this, but I saw something on social media just a couple days ago, and it was uh, at the time of this recording. We haven't watched WrestleMania yet, but uh, Dolph Ziggler said, 15 years in the making, and I finally get my, my first singles match at WrestleMania, which means I'll have the same amount as Michael Cole. Isn't that wild? <laughs> and then Jerry Lawler re- replied, it's okay, I've been like 49 years in the business, and I've also had the same amount of singles <laughs> matches at WrestleMania, and it was against Michael Cole. And I lost. <laughs> it's like, yes, I love that. But anyway, I digress. No, you're. That, that's just. That's so crazy. It's just wrestling is hilarious to yeah. me. <laughs> Sometimes we saw him yeah. face. Uh, we were there for that. Snooky, or he was with. No, he faced Snooky. It was him and 
lay cool against Morrison yes. and Trish and Stucky. I don't think Dolph yep. even tagged into that match, if I remember. I don't think he did. Correctly. I don't think he did. But <laughs> like, we also got to see Cole and We Lawler saw that, that also. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We saw Jerry Lawler's one single uh, match and Michael Cole's. Yeah. Jeez. Well, <laughs> this is thankfully better than both of those things here. Combined. As, uh, Edge... He comes to the ring first, uh, very intense, very anxious looking as he walks out. He's shaking his hands as he comes out there mm-hmm. as well. And uh, I love that uh, Cole and Foley, they're putting over that Foley created the TLC match yeah. as commissioner eight years ago. Nice little bit of continuity and Foley saying he never envisioned that it would come to this where a world title would be on the line with the undertaker uh, in this type of match. So nice little nod to history there. Oh yeah. I like that. You know, it was really neat. And they did a couple things throughout this match like that. It's one, one cool thing about having fully on commentary is he's been in the ring with a lot of these guys so he can get perspective about what it's like, um, which is always good. I always like them having a former wrestler on commentary. Um, even if it's JBL, because we've grown to love that guy. <laughs> exactly. <I laughs> At the agree. time, I hated it, but I love it now. So, but um, anyway, so yeah, really cool. And then uh, the bell tolls, the lights go out, and a really spectacular pay per view entrance for Taker here. And I just wrote, and my my ears were hit with a six one nine from San Diego because mm. the pop that they give is exquisite. Man, they love seeing some Taker here. Big fans of him because again, he's been screwed every corner of of you know every, around every corner they go of the storyline he's keeps getting screwed and so here he's had a chance to get his title back that he was so wrongfully stripped of so again speaking of that michael cole reminds us no one has ever been stripped of the title before taker was last month so taker comes in the ring brings the lights up and as he does i like how edge steps out onto the apron he kind of like gives him his space and is playing that heel a little bit intimidated but not quite ready to get you know to lock lock up yet just really little small things that really make uh they go a long way. Yeah, good stuff. Um, do have they done a lot of pay per views from San Diego? I don't remember us doing that. WCW did. They used to be in the Cow Palace all the time. Yeah, which I think was there, but I don't remember us hearing a lot of pay per views from yeah. San Diego. I know they do TV with there, WWE. But yeah, I, I don't remember us covering a lot of pay per views there. So that I don't think maybe so. that factors into this crowd reaction because it is a good crowd, especially yeah, towards yeah. the end. They get real into it. And, Man, oh, I watched. Yeah. Uh, I watched the first match, the Jeff Hardy Umaga uh, false yeah, anywhere match. Anywhere. They were so into Jeff Hardy in that oh, match yeah. too. So yeah, it was a real good crowd on this night. But yeah, uh, again, they're talking about this could be the final time we see the Undertaker's entrance. Uh, talking about his career, uh, Cole is asking Foley about the differences between these two guys because Foley has had classic matches with both of them. So again, that's a nice thing you get to have with somebody like Foley on commentary. And Foley says, That's a tough, almost impossible call to make. In any other type of match, I'd have to pick The Undertaker. I think this match slightly favors. I meant to say that when we were talking about SmackDown. I love that they... If they they're telling the truth about this being right. They they don't have to make this up and make no. you believe something that's true. Like Edge is a TLC legend. Exactly. Undertaker's never been in it. Like Edge exactly. has had seven of these men, and that's what he's yeah. known for the most. They're not BSing you like with their right. fake hype. Like this. Yeah, JBL's is legit. not being a heel, making crap up to make mm-hmm. it sound right. Like these these are facts that do 
compute and and are true and they do make the story even better and i like that too um foley's not a heel commentator but he's not but he tells the truth like you said like he's mm-hmm. like because a, a babyface commentator would definitely oh this is taker's match all the way blah blah and he's like no i've been in the ring with edge he's hardcore he's gonna get in that later he's speared me through a flaming table face first and attacks you know like <laughs> but this is definitely you know this match is is his match so it's got to be him so i, I like the the uh, the change with foley on commentary here i know he hated it <laughs> right it was it was short-lived for sure yeah. uh once again we get the classic ring intros with justin roberts announcing these guys once they're both in the ring uh both guys intensely focused on each other and undertaker strikes first coming at edge with a big boot as soon as the bell rings and then some punches and headbutts in the corner clothesline into the other corner and the crowd is all about it, man. They're chanting Undertaker early on. Yeah, right at the beginning, they're chanting for him, which is awesome. He's choking in the corner like you know, like it's 1991 again. And then he goes for old school, and he hits it the first time. There you go. <laughs> I haven't seen him do that in a long time. Puts Edge down with a big boot, and a great sign in the audience that says, San Diego loves Taker. And I, I can't deny that. <laughs> that sums it up right there. Yeah. Well, Undertaker's going to be the first one to go for a ladder on the outside. Also surprising to me. Right. He was the first one to go for it. Yeah. But think I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, think about it. He always goes for the pinfalls first in matches, trying to win that match, win that match. So here he is, going for the ladder. Great point. Great point. Fortunately, it uh, does not work out for him as Edge <laughs> baseball slides that ladder right into Taker, and Taker goes hard into the barricade. And then Edge, he grabs a table and he uh, sets it up on top of another one at ringside. And then Undertaker uh, goes to, or he goes over to Undertaker and Undertaker slams him with a ladder a couple times and shoves down another ladder on the outside. And then he gets a, uh, he gets another table and begins setting up a interesting structure on the outside. Yeah, he's going to make a table for four. He's going to stack up uh, <laughs> two tables side by side and two more on top of that, which I think we saw was a WrestleMania X7. I think Bubba and Matt Hardy went through that. Or right. was that a, yeah, but no, that's table right. four, in my opinion, they gimmick infringed. They stole that from us. We had that. They did, yeah. It wasn't the same setup, but we had table for four in our old wrestling days and our our matches that we used to make so our backyard I would like fed to, yes yes yeah our ecwc wwf and a federation <laughs> i would like to have uh some royalty checks from this but but one thing wait wait, like, wait 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 you gotta explain to the people what a the original table for four match was <laughs> oh okay so you had, we had uh oh we was at four corners of your grass backyard right and we had um, we were, we were this one we were tied together with the freak on a leash table for four match, right? It was a freak on yeah. a leash table for <laughs> yeah. four match. So we're Again, tied to- let, let's give some more kind. So we talked about our wrestling video that we made for high school uh, for our uh, uh, physics class. Yeah, we continued that series on into sure. college and beyond college, just for yeah. kicks and giggles with ourselves uh it's literally there's no crowd it's just us and no usually one of our buddies would be a referee and one of them would do commentary or maybe a couple of them for this one i think we had two commentators on this one we did uh and we had a storyline i I was the hulkster and you were sick freak and we had this storyline that went on through (laughs) 
seven matches, and our buddy Gibbs, uh, Gibzilla, became part of the storyline. We had a couple yeah. tri- triple threats in there. Uh, but yeah, this was Freak on a Leash, so we did a... <laughs> Used a garden hose. <laughs> garden hose and tie each other together. <laughs> as a strap yeah. match. Yeah, it was basically a strap match, uh, but it was called a freak on a leash table for four match because in each corner there was a, a chair and you had to, you know, beat your opponent down and put him in the chair in the corner, <laughs> you know, uh, unbroken, you know, and consecutively, right. all four. And then at the end of the match, um, basically I just moved all the chairs to the middle of the ring and just put you in. <laughs> That That's right. Because no one ever specified they had to be in the corners of it. They just had to put your opponent in there. In so, all four chairs. Yeah. That's right. In all four chairs. So, yeah, it was a tail for four, man. It was great. And I, I took a bump off a ladder that would rival the Undertaker's. <laughs> <laughs> Except it was accidental. <laughs> and I broke character immediately, like I always did, and just died. That's when you went for the finish, I believe, but I slipped I think, off the ladder. <laughs> I think I did. You took a face plant off the ladder, and I was like, all right, this we're going home here. We just got to go home. It was also a th- th- thunderstorm happening. <laughs> it was yeah. pitch black by the time we finished. <laughs> Getting late. Yeah. Oh, oh so, yeah. Maybe we'll make those available on the Patreon after we do the uh, Mark and Mark uh, <laughs> Boneyard matches and stuff. So, anyway. But this uh, table for I do like. I don't understand how this is a table for four. You have four no. tables, two on stacked top, on top yeah. of each other. Who's. How are you going to. Why is that a table yeah. for four? Who's sitting at <laughs> yeah. this ta- How are you going to have dinner at this one? It should be like on the Jetsons to sit at those tables, like to float around. <laughs> something. You can't you can't sit at those four tables. So it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but uh, I do like how McFoley is, again, like I said earlier, he's putting over how Edge, he's like, despite, you know, the shenanigans of La Familia, Edge is an incredible athlete, you know? And he's like, I've been in the ring with him. And then Michael Cole actually makes a really good point here. He says, you know, Vicky said that match last month or two weeks ago was uh, was you know basically a no a, a no or I guess a double DQ or whatever like take take or didn't win the title because you can only win the title by pinfall or submission and this match has neither. Touche, <laughs> like, call calling her good. out, calling her out there. I love that. It is good. <laughs> Well, uh, as Undertaker finishes setting up this pretty illogical table structure, I don't really right. know what the point of him setting this up was. Obviously, right. it's it's going to play a part in this match. But um, Edge hits a drop toe hold on Undertaker onto the stairs because Undertaker's been distracted this whole time. Uh, Undertaker is selling, so Edge grabs a ladder, sets it up in the middle of the ring. He's the first person to try to climb up the ladder. But Undertaker runs in there, yanks Edge down across the top rope. And then we get this fun little sequence where Taker starts out. He props up one ladder in one corner and goes for snake eyes onto the ladder. But Edge slides out, shoves Undertaker into that ladder. Edge walks across the ring, sets up a matching ladder in the opposite corner. And Undertaker returns the favor by sending Edge headfirst into that one. <laughs> yep, exactly. I like that. I like the mirroring of, you know, one of them doing it and the other one doing it as well. It's pretty cool, which they kind of, I don't know, to me it brought me back to their previous encounters where Edge had a reversal for everything. It was yeah. like, well, now Taker's showing a reversal for Edge's stuff too. So I really liked it. Really good stuff. And then, uh, uh, 
like you said, um, Foley here then talks about how Edge used to complain to him. He's almost like breaking character, like talking to Adam Copeland. He's like, you know, Edge is complaining to me backstage about how he was typecast in a TLC match. But here he is potentially winning his biggest TLC match of all time and winning the title here. So, again, I really just – I like having Foley here. I didn't hear much of him because I wasn't watching this stuff um, on Friday nights. I was keeping up with him but not watching him. And he's Again, he's like – and he can withstand lots of punishment, which he's going to have to tonight because, again, our WrestleMania 22 match was brutal, which it was. Yeah, I think he really could have evolved into a outstanding commentator if he'd, he'd been able to stick with it long enough. But if, I think I said this right, if he just turned his headset around so Vince couldn't talk to his bad <laughs> ear, he wouldn't have heard it. He, he wouldn't have been able to hear anything. He could just blame it on the ear. <laughs> Sorry, Vince, I didn't hear you. <laughs> well, they keep these ladder spots going as... Undertaker gets a third ladder in the ring and starts climbing up it to get the title. Edge climbs up the other side. Then Undertaker tosses Edge off of the ladder they're standing on onto one of those corner ladders. But Edge mm-hmm. bounces back off of it and runs into Undertaker. And he goes flying off that middle ladder into that other corner ladder. So <laughs> I don't know if we painted that picture well, but it made sense in the match. And it was a really cool-looking yeah. spot. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was just uh, fun, something different. Oh, yeah, it was, man. And the fans were getting into it. They're chanting, Undertaker. And Edge is setting the ladder up on the top rope slash turnbuckle in the, in the corner. A lot of turnbuckle spots here in the, yes. with the ladders. And, again, Taker's going to go to try to hit Snake Eyes on this one and actually hit it. And then he just kind of, Edge kind of gets hit by the ladder and kind of s- stands up in between the turnbuckle and the ladder. And Taker just runs at him and boots the ladder right into his face, which mm. is just a great move. He's just not pulling any punches here. And Edge rolls to the outside, and Taker grabs a chair and just nails Edge in the gut and in the back with it. So we got the ladders involved. We've got tables for four set up. Now we got the chairs involved. So T, L, and C. Yeah, we've checked off all of the boxes here. We're going to check off a spot on Undertaker's bingo card as he goes for an apron leg drop, but Edge picks up a chair off the ground and blocks it. It's a yeah, pretty ugly looking shot here. Sends Undertaker writhing to the floor in pain. Both guys taking a lot of stiff shots here. They're not holding back with each other. Uh, Edge is working over the knee of Undertaker. Obviously, it's going to be hard for him to climb up the ladder if he can't walk. Mm -hmm. So he sets a ladder up across the barricade to the ring, kind of bridging those two. Uh, Undertaker recovers. He goes for a last ride across that ladder, but Edge drops down and hits a Death Valley blow, and then he's really going to start working over Undertaker here. Yeah, and Taker's selling this like real. He's over there like... (sighs) Like, just gasping for breath. Like, just something you don't see him. You don't hear him, I guess. You see him selling, but you don't hear Taker a lot. Uh, and you can really hear him here, like, just really selling that he's gasping for breath. Um, Edge is going to hit him in the head with a chair again, like an unprotected chair shot to the head. And he sets a table up in front of the announce table. So, setting a little brown table up in front of the announce table <laughs> and then hits another CTE headshot to Taker, and then he puts Taker on the, that brown table and then jumps off the announce table with like a just like a frog splash, like a, you know, right on the Undertaker through the little the wooden table. So, I mean, making use of what he's got there. That's right. Yeah, using his surroundings here. 
Uh, Edge crawls into the ring. He starts climbing up a ladder. Undertaker is able to crawl in, and he shoves Edge off the ladder, but Edge bounces off the ropes immediately with a spear into Undertaker. Yeah. So again, we've seen it in all the matches here that Edge has a counter for everything mm-hmm. Undertaker does, and it really has elevated Edge to put him on that same level with Undertaker. I was able to just bounce back after everything yeah. Taker does. Yeah, and then they're going to do a spot that you and I use in one of our matches as well, and we broke your dad's <laughs> ladder with it, but he's going to sl- slam Taker's, la- Taker's knee in the ladder, uh, kind of closes it in the ladder and stomps on it, and then grabs a chair and smashes it on his knee and does like a, you know, concerto, concerto, toe, whatever you want to call it. So just really ramming that knee. Again, good psychology because you can't climb a ladder with one leg. So, Man, you know those ladders in real life don't work like the WWE ladders. They're... No, they, <laughs> those hinges. Yeah, they don't. Oh, man. I, oh, I remember watching that. That was brutal. You closed me in it, and I was like, whoops, that was broke. <laughs> those hinges bent outward like Matt Hardy's knees. They did. I, I didn't. Whatever you, whatever you do with them to unlock it or whatever, I did not unlock it. <laughs> Yeah. They, Jimmy legs, man. They were <laughs> terrible. Dad was to not, buy your dad a ladder. I did, absolutely. Yeah. He was not happy <laughs> yeah. about that. Uh, so anyway, uh Taker struggles up to his feet. Like you say, he's selling really well here. Yeah. But, uh, he's able to give uh Edge a choke slam onto that ladder that's scaffolded between the ring and the barricade. I think it was supposed to break sort of like WrestleMania 23, but it, it didn't quite break through all the way. Still looked pretty nasty. And then Undertaker, uh at some point they've gotten this uh, mega ladder into the ring. Super duper tall one. And Undertaker, he's on one leg basically. He's trying to hobble up this ladder. But, of course, Hawkins and Ryder make their way out here. We haven't seen La Familia yet, but they do finally make an appearance. And they get some, uh, they get pretty huge heat, man. Uh, they get some massive news mm, yeah. from this crowd as they get a pair of tables and toss them into the ring. Oh, yeah. Grabbing some tables, stacking them up in the ring. Attacking Taker in between them, setting them up. Which is good because Undertaker, you got to keep him down. He's not just going to lay there and sell and fall asleep on the ring while you set your next spot up. He's going to get up and... He's that's just him. Like Austin always says, he's he sells on the run. Like you gotta you gotta keep getting him down. So, and they see that because they have to beat him up, go set a table up. He's getting up, beat him up again. It's just really cool. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you pay attention to that kind of stuff, it's really neat to see and fascinating to how in tune with his character he always is. So, it's great. Well, they place Taker on the bottom table. Like there's another table above him. I'm not sure what the point. <laughs> I don't of this know was. what they were going for. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Taker, of course, powers out, choke slams Hawkins off the top rope through a table on the outside, which pff, I think splintered like crazy. It, it, was, it was awesome. I loved how Hawkins took that. Bit. Yeah, that, like that heads first. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it looked sick. So he took it hard, man, and, and went right into the outside. And then Taker's going to go grab uh, Zack Ryder off the apron and choke slam him through a table on the opposite side of the ring. So. Just handing out choke slams through tables like it's you know going out of business, man. I love it. And this is this is a classic TLC match. It is just yeah. big spot, big spot, big spot, big destruction. Spot. Yeah, and the, the crowd is just eating it up. Mm-hmm. This, this I 
would have loved to have been in the crowd for this one. It's so yeah. much fun to watch. As Edge, he slides into the ring after all this, and he spears Undertaker off the apron. He goes tumbling into the barricade. And then Edge sets up another double stack of tables. <laughs> on the, This is double stuff tables. Yeah, it's it all about double stacking <laughs> these tables. <laughs> um, that's the story of the night. So he starts to climb up the mega ladder in the ring. Undertaker makes his way in. Edge is right up there grabbing the title, but Undertaker grabs him, gives him a last ride off the ladder into the ring through the two tables on the outside. And just another, these spots just keep getting wilder and wilder. They do. And just as somebody who has some back issues anyway, and watching Edge take that bump and take that choke slam on that ladder that didn't break the right way. And knowing he has neck issues, I just, oh, I was like, dude, this is not helping. <laughs> He's got to be in so much pain right now. He's got to be. But um, Taker's going to climb the go up to climb the ladder with his one good leg. And then if you thought Ryder and Hawkins got heat, you just send out Bam Bam and Chavo. <laughs> Bam, Bam Bam Neely and Chavo. They get extra extra helping, a double stack of booze on them, man. His crowd is all over them. Oh, yeah. They and they go for a concerto, and it looks terrible, but take her ducks because they just suck it. I mean, Bam Neely's awful, and Chavo's doing the best what he can. But uh, they go for a concerto, take her ducks, and hits both of them in the head with the chairs that they drop. So he just <laughs> makes short work of them, dude. Sends them packing with some headshots, and <laughs> yeah. the crowd is loving it. Like you said, they chanting, you suck at Bam and Chavo. <laughs> yeah, I love that. They get nailed in the head. They're popping like crazy. They can't wait to see this finish here. As it just keeps getting higher and higher and higher, this, uh, the levels of this match going. Undertaker starts climbing up that mega ladder. And then, of course, Edge, he gets up and he pushes that ladder over. The way they frame it, you can't see Edge getting up. You just see Undertaker climbing and then suddenly the ladder starts going the wrong way. Uh, one little nitpick is Undertaker is he's not centered under the belt. Which no. I understand for what's about to happen, uh, but it does you you know something's about to happen right. because he's not centered up under the belt. But whatever, exactly, it doesn't matter because this is just so incredible. As Edge pushes that ladder over, Taker's uh, almost all the way up it. He goes flying out of the ring through the table for four. He goes Dang. through three of them. <laughs> One of them yeah. he misses, but just on his side. Very similar to Devon Dudley and Matt Hardy from WrestleMania 17. They are very similar to what they did. Uh, but just still, I mean, unbelievable for The Undertaker to take that kind of bump. Uh, I think you put in your notes Armageddon <clears throat> 2006 against Kennedy. Yeah. Where he gets flipped off the stage like that. This is probably even bigger than that. Oh, yes. And it's it's 18 years into his career. Yeah. He's not trying to make himself famous he's not trying to make a name for himself he doesn't have to do this sort of stuff no but you know what this is this is selflessness not selfishness selflessness because the same way he was trying to put kennedy over because he saw that vince saw something in this guy he knows edge is a star here we've already talked about on the podcast his main event wrestlemania match with edge they, they traded things backstage you know, they traded gear and stuff. Like, he knows Edge is the guy, can be the guy. So that's got to be why he's willing to do this. Like you said, 18 years in his career, he has no need 
to ever do anything like this at all, you know? And this is 12 years ago, so he's, what, in his early 40s? He's like 43 years old at this point. Dude, you can tell me in 10 years I'm jumping off of a ladder through four tables? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But, like, this dude is doing it because I think, in my opinion, he's paying it forward. He's selfless. He's he's He knows this spot will make Edge look good, you know? It will make Edge look dominant here, and it does, because Foley even says that he quotes the Beatles here, or Joe Cocker, whichever version you want to say, says, you know, with little help from his friends, Edge might get his win here. But, like, I, that spot was insane. And I'm glad it was leads to the finish here. And it matters more because he's never done something like this. Right. You know, he did a similar thing with Kennedy, won that one big bump. But this, but that's it. this is even bigger. It's mm-hmm. a different style. Like, mm-hmm. I, Jeff Hardy, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, absolute Hall of Famer, he's done this a hundred times. Shame it, man. You, you, you don't remember all the times Jeff right. Hardy has done a spot like this. You right. remember this Undertaker spot because mm-hmm. it's the only one he ever did. Exactly. This is it. You know, like like I was just saying, like Jeff Hardy's a great example. Shane McMahon's a great example too because I can't even – it used to be like, oh, Shane does this spot. Oh, he does, well, now it's like he does the same six spots in every match. Dude, I and, was watching that uh, WrestleMania from last year, the 24 special – I forgot that suplex him and Miz did off the mm-hmm. scaffold, and that mm-hmm. was awesome. I remember yeah, I went was. crazy for that, and then I watched yeah. that on the special. I was like, I have zero memory of that happening. <laughs> uh, but again, it's not memorable because he does that stuff all the time, but you're right. So that's what makes when Taker does something like this even more special. So that's going to lead to the finish. Edge is going to struggle up the ladder and pull down the World Heavyweight title to win the match at 23 minutes and 50 seconds. And just I just wrote... That was everything a TLC match is supposed to be. Um, Taker taking that huge bump is great, and I just, I just really like this match. This is again each time he interacts with Taker, he's getting put higher and higher, like on the card in my book. Like he's just showing the edge. Edge is showing he's a main event player, and uh, this really stood out to me, especially I, for having not seen it before. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely here. Um, it's hard to compare it with the WrestleMania match because they're so different, right. so so different. But this one, like you said, as far as a TLC match goes, it is pretty freaking perfect mm-hmm. uh, in the way that it builds up um, and tells a cohesive story. Everything makes sense. All the spots build together. Really, really well done. The way they used La Familia was excellent too. Taking some big bumps in there. So, and I love how La Familia didn't lead to the finish. It, Edge yeah. still did it on his own. Like it yeah. wasn't like where like. You know, like Rhino puts Edge on his shoulders and crawls up the thing, and and they get the titles. Like, I love that spot in that match, but like, I, I love that it was just Edge doing it. You know, at the end, yeah, they led some distractions or whatever, but like, I love that it was just him plowing up and getting title by himself. And Edge does a great job selling here at the end of the match. He appears to be as shocked as anybody yeah. that he got the win. He's crawling on his knees because he's in pain. As the Undertaker, he is still laid out through these tables. He stays mm-hmm. on the ground for a long time as Edge and La Familia get their moment. Uh, they're all crawling and selling all their big bumps here all the way to the back. And then Vicky Guerrero, she actually walks out, no wheelchair here, gives Edge a hug, and we get this massive pyro display behind yeah. Edge as he celebrates. 
It's like when the babyface wins at the end of WrestleMania, and you get all the. It's always a babyface winning, and you always get the big fireworks display at that, or like the SummerSlam or whatever. But like, it was here in May. Like I thought it was really cool, and it's for a heel, so I really like that touch, making it seem a little more like. Uh, seems a little more real. Like whoever wins is still going to get the same championship like celebration. So I like that, and I like when <laughs> Vicky walks out fully. like, oh. She's miraculously healed now. She might be drinking some of that hot green tea. That's it. Edge has. That's what she needed. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then really fully says we may have just seen the last of the greatest superstar in WWE history. And uh, as, as Edge music dies down, the camera just looks at Taker. No music playing. The announcers lay out for a, quite a bit here. Um, Taker's struggling to get up. The crowd's cheering every time he sits up, and um, but they're not—they're kind of quiet because they're shocked because at the time you don't know. You're pretty sure as a wrestling fan that he's not gone forever, but you don't know. His 18 years in his career is he going to go away for six months, eight months, ten months? Like you don't know, so they're kind of quiet, like kind of in shock, like what's going on? But then every time, like once he finally gets to his feet, they are just—he's got them in the palm of his hand, and they're just applauding like they're supposed to. It's great to see. It is. You can see his elbow sliced up a little bit yeah. from that fall through the table as he gets a standing ovation mm-hmm. walking towards the back. He's selling big time still, limping all the way to the back, pulls his straps down. He's obviously frustrated in defeat. And then the lights kind of go down around him. We get a spotlight on him. And Michael Cole says the career of The Undertaker is dead, but his legacy will live forever. As he turns back around towards the crowd as they cheer him on and kind of gives a real subtle nod to the crowd. Yeah. Uh, doesn't do the fist raise. I thought that's what he was going to do, but he actually just Me too. Walks I'm kind of glad back. he didn't. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. I was expecting that. I thought it was cool. You got to respect expect it, as we say here. Um, so I thought it was really neat, just that little subtle nod. And yeah, he goes off. And um, I just wrote, too, like, this is, it's excellent storytelling. Um, again, if you're watching in a bubble back then, you're like, man, he just won a title at Mania. He got, he didn't hold it very long. He got it stripped from him, and then there was a screwy finish. But it's all it's all twists and turns playing this long yeah. game here, getting to this point, and then playing the even longer game, which is going to happen, you know, upon his again, spoiler alert, his return to the company. Like so, it's just I really like the storytelling, uh, and it's not just your same old. The guy has a title for a year, and he beats every challenger. You know, I like this. So. I really did, too. Really well done. And I think this is going to go down when you go back and watch this all together as this one big story, one of the best storylines of Undertaker's mm-hmm. career. As we head towards basically the finale of all of this next week, as we keep this podcast rolling, rolling, rolling on through the last ride, Undertaker versus Edge at SummerSlam 2008 here. Well, uh, how do you top a TLC match? I guess the only way to go is down to hell. Oh, okay. Hell <laughs> in a cell. Thanks. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and we'll talk we about... We just went up. We just climbed the ladder. Now we're going to go down. Now we're exactly. going to hell. Uh, we'll talk about the wild way we get to this match, how The Undertaker gets reinstated back into the WWE, uh, debut of another long-running WWE uh, superstar who comes into play in all this. <laughs> I think they still work there, technically, and they have me on TV in like a year, but I think they still work there. Very interesting, fun stuff. I'm excited to talk about with 
you next week, Travis. But before we get there, folks, we want to hear from you. So leave us your feedback and your comments. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We're on all the podcast services. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And hit us up at Talking Taker on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a follow if you haven't yet by now. What are you waiting for? Seriously, we got all sorts of comments and commentary. We post old videos and photos on there to get you hyped up for the match every week. Uh, Tons of WrestleMania comments. I'm sure I live tweeted during that, uh, both of those nights. So with that, uh, like I said, you know, give it, be sure to follow us along as we keep blowing through 2008. Be sure to support our show by going to stitcher.com slash premium using the code talk and taker for a free month of ad free podcast listening you got to have some more podcasts to get through this quarantine time uh pick up a shirt over at tpublic.com help support the show a little bit and just share the word spread it around to your wrestling loving friends uh send the word out there let people know about us and uh, you know as we'll keep saying it throughout the weeks here you know it's a wild and crazy time that we're living in it's changing week by week uh, but our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody who's affected by this wherever you are out in your life i uh, hope we can provide a little bit of entertainment a little bit of laughter take your mind off of things here for an hour or so every week and we appreciate the opportunity to do that we appreciate you listening out there all of our friends and supporters and fellow creatures of the night Absolutely. If you were there at the San Diego Sports Arena on June 1st, 2008, let us know what you thought about it. Let us know. You guys were a great crowd for this. Let us know if you thought this really was his last match. That's why you know, you're kind of in shock here at the end. So um, we'd love to hear your feedback from that. And other than that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, stay safe, stay home, share the word, don't share the virus, and most of all, take her easy. The career of The Undertaker is dead, but his legacy will live.